actually, I should probably. I'm so sorry. I my alarm just went off for I need to take my pills time. Um, so I will be back. <laughs> I'm in. leaving this in. <laughs> oh shit! Oh no! <laughs> I gotta have my brain pills, and I gotta be taking me, uh, literal amphetamines twice a day. And this is one of the times I gotta do for podcasting. For podcasting, <laughs> I have to be on my uppers, otherwise it's gonna be boring. Um, also, my entire life will fall apart. Here's a pithy non sequitur tagline. It's Think Outside the Box set. It's the internet's only outrage machine. I'm Nathan Hunt. That's Cameron DeWitt. And we're talking about the chips. I mean, the chicks. <laughs> the dipsy chips. The dipsy chipsies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Little old yeah, we like We like punching doggies, but we love to swing. Ain't that right? We love animal abuse. <laughs> That's a real lyric from uh, from this the first song of this album uh, from what, the what does that song. refer to? Like I know well, doggies is is cows because cowboys are infants um, apparently doggy. Um, but what is the is the punching? Do you just like slam your fist into a cow, or is punching mean something else? I've heard of tipping doggies, and by doggies I mean cows. I've heard of milking uh, them, but punching them. <laughs> God, I was just, uh, okay, I was just listening at, to... Hmm? <laughs> I'm looking at legendsofamerica.com, uh, and this is Western slang, mm-hmm. lingo and phrases. Uh, and it says, punching doggies, D-O-G-I-E-S, uh, means cow punching, which means driving the cattle to market. Okay, okay, that's, yeah. that's good to know. Hmm. I don't know where the punching comes from, but okay. Um, uh, yeah, like punching a price on on them. Um, <laughs> like big, I don't know. Sticker. That, well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I guess you can like hole punch or something. Um, maybe you're hole punching their ears so you can put a price, uh, you know, tag through them. Um, it's it's extremely funny that the, like cowboy culture was like so weird and insular that they just started just talking gobbledygook like weird bits at each other. Which is exactly what our friend group does, you know. Uh, but it's nice to know that that's what cowboys did too. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. There's uh, so many layers of meaning, like between the the denotative meaning, uh-huh. and uh, there's yeah. yeah, there's so much like, like camaraderie. Like like when um, you know, a number of years ago, when a, a friend and I were like in some creek somewhere and there was some tadpoles swimming around and I just looked at them and pointed at them and I said, Oh look, dad bloggers. And I feel like it's that, that kind that same, <laughs> that same like impulse towards oh, nonsense shit. and, and like calling stuff the wrong name on purpose because it amuses you. That's behind just being like, Oh look, it's uh, doggies, cow dogs, horse dogs. Like, my my favorite part of the power of the dog is <laughs> when um, Benedict Cumberbatch, Cumberbatch, Cumberbatch um, uh, when he keeps saying um, in like a absolute like venomous like evil voice like his character you know he keeps saying Panano <laughs> <laughs> instead of piano yeah yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
Oh, God, it's so funny. That movie also features the most threatening use of a banjo I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I haven't seen Deliverance, so maybe it's more threatening. Deliverance there, found dead. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. What a, I, you know what? I, um, I recently listened to the Behind the Bastards series on John Wayne, which you, I think, oh, so name-checked. Good. The, the last episode, I think, of this? Yeah, of after our, the our chick's name-checked John Wayne. Yes. And it, it always it also makes me think of that, like, um, Garth Brooks song, Go Against, or Against the Grain, or whatever it is. Like, he's like, go busting yeah. in like old John Wayne. Sometimes you gotta yeah. go against the grain. Um, <laughs> and uh, John Wayne, extremely prolific and thorough bastard. Um, so that's good. Yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, like I, I, I think it made me rethink that movie a bit and be like, oh, this movie is like fairly specifically a deconstruction of like John Wayne and his persona. And right, yeah, I think that. Yeah, maybe maybe think yeah, of that movie. Uh, I, I've heard, I've heard of um, I I've heard that like masculinity changed in our in our culture at least after Brokeback Mountain mm-hmm. because it it put into question like if you're being hyper masculine what are you hiding like uh, and then mm-hmm. it kind of put ever put all the straights on alert all mm-hmm. the straight men um like ooh, i can't i really actually have to start being careful <laughs> like i don't want to seem like i'm overcompensating <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or i don't want to be the strong silent type because what if i'm silent because i'm hiding <laughs> what if i'm <laughs> super <love>? silently gay <laughs> gay out of silence what if i want to eat a can of beans and uh get fucked with no lube (laughs) you could at least use the bean juice i mean that's that's got some stuff um uh becca just walked by with with a friend very quietly so that (laughs) they didn't uh bother the podcast while while i was saying that Um, so (laughs) I'm looking forward to that conversation later. Yeah, <laughs> why not? <laughs> um, shit, there's what else I was gonna say. Oh yeah, uh, oh yeah. To wrap up the the bit about John Wayne and our whole riff, oh yes, I was gonna say punching dogie or uh, punching dogies. I've heard of punching women constantly in public, but this is ridiculous. <laughs> okay, which is something John Wayne loved to do. Uh, oh he was very prolific at oh. it, apparently. Um, so real uh, real icon of what it means to be a man and how good it is um yeah so this is this is a uh, little old cowgirl <clears throat> i think is... this album isn't as good as the last album mm. um there are a couple moments where there's a little bit more kind of like modern pop sensibility and character to it mm-hmm. but as a cohesive you know as a as an artistic statement this album i feel like kind of loses the plot and uh isn't quite as strong as the last one what do you think i i think i agree i i appreciate the like pop songwriting on this one pretty well i feel like there is um they draw from more different sources i think and um i think they have uh, of the like songs that have lyrics and whatnot like um i think a lot of them are stronger there is some like pretty rote songwriting on the last album um so i appreciate that aspect of it um there's some good good songs here they cover a sam cook song and a ray charles song so they're like drawing from you know more than just country music which 
I always yeah. appreciate. Um, which I mean, they to be fair, they did do that in the last one. Um, it was also a Sam Cooke one. Is that right? Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, bring it on home know. to me. Yeah, <laughs> not strange fruit. Yeah. Wait, is that a Sam Cooke song? Wait, I'm getting confused. I know, I know Nina Simone's version of it. I don't know if she wrote it. I'm thinking Billie Holiday. Oh, not strange. You're fruit. right. Billie Holiday. What's what's Sam Cooke's? A change is going to come. That's what I'm thinking of. That's mm. that's the sort of similar kind of like stirring social social commentary song. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I'm thinking of. My bad. You're bad. Sorry, you are, it's, everyone. It's not only a bad that belongs to you, but you are bad. That's what I mean when I say yeah. you're bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's um, with the apostrophe in the e and without. Mm-hmm. It's one of those. Vocal okay. Well. Uh, so th- this. Nineteen ninety-two. Steamroll through my shame. Okay. <laughs> Nineteen ninety-two is when this album came out. It is the last one with Robin Lynn Macy, one of the founders of the Dixie Chicks. She did. I think we mentioned this last week, but she did not appreciate the band heading in a more like poppy direction. She really wanted it to be more traditionally uh, bluegrass. Um, And so, and she specifically opposed adding drums to this album. Um, And she was apparently outvoted. So there was definitely some pretty strong disagreement about the future of the band. Um, And it's the yeah traditionally. in a bluegrass band kind of everyone plays a different kind of percussive role mm-hmm. and the idea is that you know the the fiddle is you know shuffling and chopping and the mandolin is um chopping and and the the banjo has uh this you know syncopated um three against two thing going on uh, the tuba's and, going uh, um pa pa um pa pa and then the guy on the big <laughs> bass drum is walking down the, the parade just whacking it back and forth with his big drumsticks um, uh, and then obviously the, the bass and like you know um, rhythm guitar have uh, percussive elements as well and so the idea is that a bluegrass band kind of sh- spreads out the um, the rhythmic um the rhythmic responsibilities of like a drum kit mm-hmm. throughout the whole band. And that's kind of part of the sound. So I would right. understand uh, why, you know, bluegrass band might take issue with introducing some drums, especially because the frequency range of a drum kit kind of like, it kind of takes over a mix mm-hmm. um, and it takes away a lot of uh, the same frequency range. I mean, for instance, the banjo mm-hmm. is, a drum it, yes this, it is you know, not that different from like a snare drum or something and mm-hmm. uh it has a lot of the same frequencies mm-hmm. and if you're trying to fit banjo and like a drum kit you know in or or like the mandolin chops mm-hmm. all of that stuff is is in direct competition right with the frequency ranges of the drum for sure um and something that might work well in a live setting can be really challenging to make it really sing in a studio um, you mm-hmm. have to compress things and fit them into their stereo image in just the right way. And so I, I think that makes sense. And also I, I missed some of the sound, mm-hmm. but I also love trad music. Mm-hmm. So you do. Yeah. Um, I do. I, it's going to be really interesting to see where the band goes from here because, uh, you know, the first two albums are a four piece 
the next album is a three piece because um uh, what's her name robin lynn macy has left and they just can, they haven't they don't add anyone anyone new for the next album it comes out oh, the next year it's just the three of them i think the uh bassist laura lynch takes over as the main singer yeah or well they're all credited as harmony vocals on wikipedia uh oh wait no okay i guess the first uh, maddie marty Irwin and laura lynch are both credited with vocals and harmony vocals okay um but yeah and then the band doesn't release another album for five years during which time right. the bassist laura lynch leaves and then natalie mains joins and it's a three-piece again and they start breaking out into superstardom Three, a three piece in terms of I, they, I'm under the impression that they still have like studio oh yeah for or sure. touring like professional musicians who are like in the band but it's like there are three members who are kind of the decision makers mm-hmm. yes is my my understanding yeah yeah uh, I was just looking at the Chicks website and Wide Open Spaces their 98 album is uh, you know the first one with Natalie Maines and that's the first one that's on the website like in their discography Oh, interesting. Like they don't they don't even count these first 3. They disavow them. And I mean they're not on um major labels. They're not on Spotify. They're hard to find. Uh Cameron and I have yeah. been finding them on like little YouTube playlists. The one that I found for this album is all out of order and seems to have been copied off of a <laughs> kind of skipping CD that you'll hear in some of the sound samples that I took at least. <laughs> so, look forward to that. Oh, yeah. Um that brought me back. Yeah. Uh, fun fact about this, and then I wish get into the actual songs. But um, one more little thing, little nugget, little tidbit I have about this one is that this is the first one that features Lloyd Maines on steel guitar, uh, and his Ooh. daughter Natalie eventually joins the band. Oh, Natalie Maines, very yeah. Good. So he he is the one that like recommends that she get together with the chicks. Yeah. Interesting. I don't remember that much steel guitar happening. Me on this either. Album. Yeah, I didn't. It wasn't super prominent. Um, yeah. Let's well, see. he's apparently like pretty famous and prolific, though. Uh, oh, and he produced the album "Home" by the Chicks. Interesting. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll get into that later, obviously. But um, we should talk about "Little Old Cowgirl," the song. Little the old cowgirl. Song. Little old cowgirl. Till the fiddlers play Working all week Just to do her thing She likes punching doggies But she loves to swing And when she hears that backbeat rhythm Drifting through the door She can't talk, she can't sit still Can't stay off of that floor Kicking her heels up Lordy, look at her twirl I really like I the... I think vo- that... <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, okay. Well, yeah. I was just gonna say I really like. No, you hang up. The, hmm, uh, I really like the vocals on this album, and I, I don't know. They they feel a lot more like nineteen fifties like girl pop. Yeah. Uh, like um, yeah. Mr. Sandman. Very Mr. Sandman is. I yeah. think I, I mentioned last week. Yeah. And there's a lot more of that on this album, and I really dig that sound, especially combined with like the pop country with some bluegrass like you know influence um but yeah it fe- i think it's super it feels cool. more like western swing than bluegrass uh harmonizing mm. yeah and, and i vocals, don't necessarily yeah. know how to put my finger on the, like the difference between the two but mm-hmm. 
that's what it feels like to me. Mm-hmm. Um, what were you going uh, to say? I was going to say, I think that the kick in her heels up, the chord that they hit on heels, is kind of the first moment where I'm like, ooh, there's a little bit of pop sensibility there. Mm. And the reason is because they're playing a four chord, but they're playing all these extensions on top. Um, let's see if I can figure out what they're doing. Um, oh, oh, it's Panano time. <laughs> Can you play the sound sample? Can you play the sound sample that I took for this song? This yes. Is, uh, four major seven chord. Mm-hmm. Right, I'll play that. Do you want? Wait. Do you want me to wait until you get back to your panano? No. Do it now. Okay. Okay. So, so this song is in D, mm-hmm. um, and. The heels up uh, is a four chord, so it's a G chord. Mm-hmm. And one of the harmonies um, has a uh, an F sharp in it. Or maybe the melody, I can't tell, because it's a big chord that they stack up right, yeah. on top of it. So I'm going to go play the chord and then the vocals on top of it so you can hear the sound. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I think they kind of do that. Which is not, to me, a, a, a particularly, um, uh, <laughs> it's not like really a bluegrass sound or country yeah. sound. Mm-hmm. Um, well, maybe it kind of is in the way that like, um, you, you've, re- you've mentioned, I think on this show, the Tiffany problem. You introduced me to that. <laughs> I was just telling our friend Amy about that yesterday, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> About our mutual friend Tiffany, who's kind of a lot. <laughs> She's problematic. Um, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it it reminded me of. Um, so it sounds very modern to have a major seven chord in in a country music context, mm-hmm. um, but it's actually kind of an old sound that crops up here and there because of because of the uses of um, drones. Um, in uh, instrumentation and tuning in uh, a lot of old time music. Should we explain so right now? I'm the Tiffany. Pro- uh, while you do that, I'll yeah, you, s- I'll you just should say, explain that. You should explain okay. that while I'm looking this up. Yeah. So briefly, um, the Tiffany problem refers to when somebody is, you know, writing historical fiction or setting something in the past or trying to evoke the past or something, and they drop in a little detail that feels very modern but is actually of that time. And it's named after the name Tiffany, which I believe dates back to like the 12th century or something. It's a very old name. But if you're to read that in like a historical romance or like a medieval novel or something, you'd be like, oh, come on. That's like super modern. Like nobody's named Tiffany until like the 1950s or whatever. Um, so that, that's the Tiffany problem where it's like it is accurate, but it doesn't feel accurate to that time. Totally. There's this, uh, there's this tune... Um an all-time music tune called Mike in the Wilderness, but it's like an old tune. <laughs> it's about like a Civil War general, but it's like, Mike! <laughs> That's my <laughs> uncle's name. <laughs> uh, okay, I just dropped in the chat during a recording um, Burnett and Rutherford's Curly-Headed Woman, um, and I wanted to listen to this recording. This is a great duo and a great recording. Um, it's an F- song and on the banjo I believe they're playing 
Oops, sorry. Autoplay. Um, you gotta love I, it. It's like a a two a two finger banjo playing, if I remember right, old time two finger, uh, and I think they're playing in like standard G tuning, um, but just like playing in F. Mm-hmm. But in order to make that drone string, the fifth string fit, they tune it up to an A, um, or maybe mm-hmm. capo it up to an A. I don't know. So when they play the big B flat chord, there's an A being droned, so it creates this four chord with a major seven uh um and it's but it's structured like a blues and usually when you hear a blues you think it's going to sound like um uh like a a dominant seven chord um but it's this actually really sweet sentimental sound instead so Mm -hmm. uh i think that's interesting let's let's take a listen and i'll point it out okay great it happens Coming up right here. Raise your high you window and open wide your door. I've got another fella. I don't want change. Come up here. Will I have to wait? Oh. Can I get you now? What the hell is it? Yeah. Is that coming through on your end? Yeah. I had this bizarre experience where I was like, wow, this sounds so much like Charlie Poole. And uh, yeah. this is a song that Charlie Poole sang, but under a oh, different title. Good. Yeah. yeah. Um, I forget what title he recorded it under, but, um, and I don't know if it predated uh, this or postdated it, but yeah, it is essentially the same song. So, so that chord, so it's an F tune, and that chord is. And uh, I guess it's not actually an F tune, but I think they're in F positions, and I think they're tuned down. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, that sound isn't quite there on purpose. It's there because that's how the instrument is tuned. But if they didn't have a drone string, they probably wouldn't have fretted that. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, yeah, let's listen to the that that uh, sound sample from this again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that they're doing it not because they're trying to do some sort of Burnett and Rutherford, Charlie wow. Poole thing. I think they're trying to do kind of a modern kind of sound. Um, and uh, I think, and I like it. And I think it's interesting. Yeah. In the Tiffany problem kind of way. Yeah. You know what? My Tiffany problem is just I can't afford their excellent lamps and jewelries. That's the main problem that I'm having. <laughs> and breakfasts. And breakfasts full of racist caricatures. Um, real-time follow-up. The, the title that Charlie Poole recorded it under is called If the River Was Whiskey. And I kind of want to... If the river list- was whiskey and I was a duck at 17th mm-hmm. bottom and I never come up. Uh-huh. Classic want- song. Is it playing? No, it's not playing on my end. Goddamn. Oh, the sound's off. That's why. There it is. If the river was whiskey and I was dumb, I'd dive to the bottom and I'd never come up with okay, we have now. Have I got you in? <laughs> oh, can I get you now? What's the hit I take? 
If the river was whiskey. Yep. Whenever I listen to Charlie Poole's voice, my immediate like gut reaction is like, this is a bad man. <laughs> like, uh, yes. This absolutely. dude seems like a bad dude. <laughs> he is. Uh, well, he's I mean, he's drunk. Obviously, that's a given. But also, yeah. he is not a good person and is probably trying to uh, get into a fist fight with you while he's singing this song to you. <laughs> Or something worse, honestly. Like, yeah, yeah. he's <laughs> the energy is electrifying. He does it in a way that's like, oh wow, uh, mm-hmm. I'm in danger. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he was a shithead, um, and I don't want to look into it. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so uh, next, let's talk about Uncle Dave Macon for a few songs. <laughs> oh boy. Um, uh, should we talk about this album? Yeah, I'm trying to see figure out if there's any lyrics to talk about in this song. Um, there's some fun, like little like playing with the tropes and with the signifiers. In verse three, mm. they say, "So listen up, cowboy. Here's a little advice: before you make your move, son, you better think twice because she don't stop and she won't go until they bring that house down with the Cotton Eye Joe." Um, yeah, I don't know. There's there's some fun stuff. I mean, I like the the line: "Kicking her heels up, lordy, look at her twirl." everyone wants to boogie on down with a little old cowgirl it's i mean it's like really celebratory and it's just like all about like yeah this lady loves to dance and she's not going to be just pinned down by some dumb old cowboy who wants her to only dance with him and she's old she what now oh and yeah she's, she's little she's she's tiny she's pocket size <laughs> and she's decrepit old crone i love it yeah <laughs> little and old this cowgirl it's an ageless vampire yeah I think it's funny that uh, uh, that the cover of the album features a very clearly what like six or seven year old girl in cow cowgirl garb, <laughs> and it's called little old cowgirl. That's really cute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What an old yeah, baby. I, I'm assuming that the the old refers to the um, the way of being. Uh, she's got an old soul. Yeah. <laughs> uh, little old soul cowgirl. Um, do you want to get into we... uh, the famous uh, Sigmund Freud-inspired song, A Road is Just a Road? <laughs> no homo. In no homo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes. Great. God damn! I so no, damn it! You go. I went first last we both time. Now it's okay. Yeah. I'll get, let me go. Shut up. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, I was struggling with like, what is the what is the meaning of this song? Like, wh- specifically, why are they saying a road is just a road? Mm-hmm. Um. Like, who's saying that a road isn't just a a road? Like, why? I I and I think. <laughs> what they're trying to say is that um, it is a universal experience to be broken up with. And mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't matter where in America you are. Um, everyone knows the experience of uh, um, watching 
their loved one drive away with their things, Mm -hmm. I guess is the point of this song or of the chorus, at least. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, But, but it, it's not like they're, they're answering like a, they're answering a question that no one raised. Mm, You know, like potentially, I, I don't they're, know. They're not trying to say like this breakup is different. Right. Um, it's definitely um, like it's like calm down. It's mm-hmm. actually not. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely is like getting into like the universal. I think that's part of it. Is like when you're saying the road is just a road. I think also by adding the next line and a feeling's just a feeling, like really emphasizes um, the way I, I, I kind of read it is like there are these like things in the relationship or surrounding you or in your life that um, exist, but they don't necessarily like keep you together and they don't. Um, what, what, what am I trying to say? Uh, Cause like, yeah, a road can be used to come closer to you or farther away from you. A feeling can prompt you to act or prompt you not to act or you ignore it. Okay. You know, there's, I think, yeah, I think com- combining the line, the road is just a road, and a feeling is just a feeling, I think um, really adds to it and takes it away from the reading of, like, why are you answering this question that nobody's raising? Like, who's saying a road's not a road? You know? I don't know. I don't think I was very articulate or made much sense, but hopefully I, there's something there. I have an intuitive sense of what you're talking about. Um, mm-hmm. The other line that doesn't seem to quite... I want to, like, ask you, as someone who deals in the written word <laughs> um, it's like you make it sound like three card monty <laughs> like a shell game like dealing uh where's the lady find the lady <laughs> Basically. um a road is just a road when the one you love is leaving on does that track grammatically mm, is that on actually what on they the say road? is that actually what they say I or is that just is. the genius maybe let's listen to it again that does sound like when the one you love is leaving on that yeah i feel like that's it's kind of splitting the difference between like moving on or something i i i'm gonna pull up the um because it's a cover of a song by mary chapin carpenter apparently i'm gonna pull that that up on the lyric or the genius and see if uh but yeah, those are apparently they changed some of the names because in, in her chorus they, she says no matter where you go from Waterloo to Wichita a road is just a road that the one oh this makes more sense a road is just a road that the one you love is leaving on hmm that tracks yeah so that that is so it's it's a very subtle grammatical difference so the chicks sing a road is just a road when the one you love is leaving on and Mary Chapin Carpenter sings, a road is just a road that the one you love is leaving on. Yeah, that that makes sense, and theirs doesn't. Uh, yes. Um, it almost makes it seem like leaving on is like moving on. Yeah. Or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it seems like an, an error to me. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, I, I love the return of like good country songwriting. Um full of like specifics and good images and just like strong uh like 
uh, edited writing. <laughs> like, uh-huh. verse one, he pulled out in a cloud of dust, laying rubber and spewing rust. And on any road he'd take, he'd have his foot on the pedal, but my heart on the brake. Underneath the smooth tar curves, a road is only dust and dirt. On a lonely interchange, the signs all look the same. Fantastic imagery. Fucking amazing. Yeah. I love good. it. Yeah, it's very good. Um, yeah. When, when like, country songwriting is good, it's really, really good. Um, it's, I mean, there's all the, like, cliches about, oh, all you have to do is say, I lost my dog and I lost my pickup truck. But um, there's some pretty incredible songwriting in this genre also. Although, is Mary Chapin Carpenter, is she considered a folk musician or singer songwriter or like is she a country singer american rock folk and country music songwriter is how wikipedia puts it i kind of i kind of wonder what the um this is probably like we probably don't have time for this but i'm curious like what the sound is of the original of this song Hmm. Um, do you feel like getting that deep into the weeds sure let's do it Okay. The road is just a road. Mary Chapin Carpenter. Here we go. I'm going to start it and then skip forward a bit. And then... Here we go. I'm only in a chain. The signs all look the same. Because the road is just a road. And the feeling's just a feeling. No matter where you go. From Waterloo to Wichita. The road is just if the one you love is leaving all And midnight's another dawn A hundred miles ago Not crazy about that sound. I like her singing, um, and I, I like her voice, but I'm not crazy about that production or the music. I mean, I like the like little rockabilly kind of band. Like, I, I like that. But, you know, it's all very subjective. Yeah. Um... Should we... Well, I have a nice musical moment. Um, there's a little p- lovely pop bluegrass kind of arranging moment here mm. where the, the bass kind of has this pedal tone that, like, holds out uh, underneath the changing chords, and I think it's nice. Mm-hmm. So you should play that. I will. See if I don't. Typically, when I when I hear someone talk about something as like a pedal tone, I think of like something sustained. But that sounded like she just plucked the bass and like let it decay. Yeah, but it sustains for like half of that time. It's definitely sustaining. Yeah, but it's not like as prominent as if she were bowing it. Definitely no. Yeah. Well, what what else do you want to talk about? I think Irish medley is really um, funny. <laughs> uh, we could talk about that for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some more Sam Cooke. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's let's uh, move on to Irish Medley. We'll skip. She'll find better things to do. Um, so here we go. Irish Medley. On the ocean, sailing around the sea. I think of handsome motherly, wherever she may be. <laughs> the, 
this feels um it feels very like fetishistic in some uh-huh. ways that like I haven't heard since like Garth Brooks. Uh-huh. Garth Brooks had a very similar <laughs> like super fetishistic Irish song. Yeah, it's like this this sort of um cultural um like panic attack that like i think sometimes white country music musicians go through where they're just like but where am i from really (laughs) (laughs) they're like oh yeah i'm 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 from ireland and it's like are you (laughs) are you sure (laughs) it's it's that thing of like when they meet like an asian american and like they're like what no where are you really from (laughs) except they're turning that question on themselves (laughs) yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and I think it's an understandable instinct, um, but it always, to me, feels like a little cringy when this is the answer. Um, I also find, like, the American fetishization of Ireland to be, like, pretty creepy also. And just, like, I definitely don't trust it. um, And I I definitely don't trust the motivations, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So they did, like, I don't know, like, the biggest uh, kind of chestnuts of, like, you know, pop, pop, popular Irish like traditional music like "Handsome Molly." Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's uh, that's some uh, Irish stuff right there. Is calling <laughs> a lady handsome? <laughs> uh, Johnny Dew, don't be afraid, ma'am. It's only Johnny Dew. Um, Johnny, be good. I don't know. Johnny, do good. Uh, I'm not. I'm not like a. Uh, an authority by any means um but i uh, on irish music but some of the pipes in this i was like are those like actual like irish pipes that we're hearing those are scottish (laughs) highland bagpipes they sound they sound like highland bagpipes to me they are they 100 percent are um very briefly like i am not an authority either but um predominantly there are different types of bagpipes used in scottish music versus irish music and it gets blurry like if you really dig into it and the history and the details because there's all kinds of regional variations and historical variations and whatnot and every culture in the world basically has had some form of bagpipes at one time or another um so scottish bagpipes are like the ones where you have like a huge sack under your arm and you have like three different drones coming off and you have like your fingers essentially like in like a recorder configuration and so you are blowing in with your mouth which puts the air into the pipes and then the air is pushed out of the pipes through the chanters and like through the um, little finger hole. I forget what that's called. Maybe that's the chanter. Yeah, that's the chanter and then the drones also. The Irish, Irish music typically has what are called the Ilian pipes, which you, um, you pump using your arms, I think. It, huh. It's way more complicated and there are way more different body parts involved. Maybe you're like squeezing one elbow against your rib cage with like the pipe tucked under your arm, and that's how the air gets into the pipe that gets pushed out. It's they're like famously impossible to play. They're super difficult and require you to be patting your head and um, rubbing your stomach and chewing gum and farting and walking all at the same time. Like a whole lot of things going on. Yeah. I'm imagining uh like the future dystopian folk instrument that it's it's like the air mattress pipes <laughs> and the drone is just the air mattress like the electric air mattress <laughs> the motor uh, sound lower upper the motor <laughs> and then you somehow hook a pipe up to it you know 
but everyone lives on air mattresses because they're like like running from various hurricanes and stuff <laughs> and they can't bring a bed with them Cameron, i don't know i love that and yeah i think i don't know you should write you should write a story or something about uh future dystopian musical instruments and stuff i think that would rule yeah <laughs> i i'm 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 thinking in those terms because of um, I have a friend who's coming out with uh, an album soon that you are also you know, you know who I'm talking about um, but I don't want to name check them because it's a secret what the concept is uh, and who's doing it but um, it's uh, f- future climate dystopia folk uh, folk gospel music mm-hmm. so <laughs> and it's really great <laughs> so mm-hmm. anyway. Thinking, thinking about that. Um, okay. Oh yeah, I forgot to update the learning links. You you sent me a little Highland Pipe uh, thing here. That's yeah. great. Um, and I the think alien pipes because it's going to be impossible to spell for anyone. <laughs> uh, I think we should do you send me because there's okay. a cool bluegrass moment in it, mm-hmm. and uh, and then we should definitely do just a bit like me. Probably the most interesting song. Okay. Yeah. So you send me. Here we go. I know you thrill me. Honest you do, honest you do, honest you do. When at first I thought it infatuation, but now it's Um, I didn't especially care for the slow six eight uh, version in this. Like, I was a little bored by it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they jump into a full on bluegrass version later on, and I think it's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. And I took a sound sample of that. Okay. Yes. Yeah, this is great. Mm-hmm. When at first it was infatuation, I let it play for a while. Good. It's lasted so long, and now I find myself wanting to marry you and take you home. You send me, you send me, you, you send me, honest you do. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Yeah, they, they sort of have to um, squeeze in certain lyrics like Honest You Do because um, mm-hmm. it's Honest You Do you know, when it's not in 6-8 they have to totally change it and I think they do that really elegantly mm-hmm. here So, um, Also, I just love yeah, the vocals in that, that yeah, that's more of that really like Mr. Sandman high. Yeah <laughs> It's really cool uh, feels a little bit more country than some of their old like Western swing kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think this next song, just a bit like me, is probably their most interesting song. I don't know who wrote it. Good question. Yeah, may, maybe it's just on the, the, like the sound sample, but me. I think this is their most. Um, Robin Macy. This is a song that's about oh. femininity. That's the lead singer who leaves after this album is released. Oh, very good. I think. I mean, elsewhere it says Robin Lynn Macy, but then she's credited as Robin Macy as the songwriter. 
here. Yeah. Huh. So, yeah. Uh, although on chickaholic.tripod.com, the page for this <laughs> album, which oh, is yeah. linked to on Wikipedia for whatever reason, apparently it's like some definitive Chicks um, fan site or something. Uh, it is credited to Robin Lynn Macy as the songwriter. Um, so, yeah, let's take a listen. She stays at home with the baby. She's got a dream in her heart. Somewhere her sister is singing. And night is ready to stop. One chosen, one screws that skip. That's a skip in Can so, you have it all? Yeah. You know, as a woman. How do you balance uh, work and home life? It's the question that people only ask women. <laughs> uh, <laughs> never men. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, who is it? Someone. There's one. Was it Ursula K. Le Guin? There was like some fairly prominent author. Maybe it was Margaret Atwood. But she like refuses to answer that question ever and she's like until men start getting you know men male authors getting asked this question until they until that happens i will not be answering this question like categorically yeah um i wonder if i'll be able to find who that is but yeah um this is like a pretty densely layered song that has a lot yeah. going on um and i Break feel like it apart it, yeah it, pr- it pretty much works like it it's not something that if you just like fairly casually listen to it you'll really understand like what it's about necessarily at least i didn't um so it opens with this with verse one it's six o'clock in the morning the sun was ready to rise and as she closes his lunchbox she spies the sun in his eyes she stays at home with the baby she's got a dream in her heart somewhere her sister is singing a night is ready to start um so it, it draws this contrast between these two women and it really delves into it with the chorus one's choosing one's cruising down the highway of their dreams. While songs are sung, her dreams begun, and she thinks of what it means. To live through her voice, she made a choice, but neither one is free. Am I a lot like her, or is she just a bit like me? And I wonder if this is, like, autobiographical also, because there seems maybe. to be some, like, imagery or maybe, like, an implication that one of these people is could be, like, a touring musician, for instance. Um, yeah. You know, cruising down the highway of their dreams... Uh, songs are sung to live through her voice she made a choice like there's a lot of imagery that could be like oh this is a traveling musician who's on tour Uh, contrasted against her sister who chose like the domestic life but neither one is free what what Uh, yeah the second verse is is in the first person and it's about the uh, touring musician Mm mm-hmm it's three o'clock in the morning. I got an ache in my head. I throw my clothes in the corner and then sleep alone in my bed. Tomorrow we'll go to Texas. I hear it's sunny back home. There ain't no use in pretending. I know that I got a Rome. Shags would hate it. <laughs> Call back to the Shags episode with Dustin, where we oh, talked extensively good. about how much the Shags hate roaming. Very anti-roaming Don't as a roam. band. <laughs> um, yeah, and then... I, I'm, I'm just going to read verse three so that we read all yeah, of the um, unique lines in the song. Yeah. Cause the chorus repeats every time. And I don't think it varies at all. Um, she puts her cans in the pantry. I read my name in the news. She spends her day sewing curtains. I feel there's no time to lose. 
Well, it's a long way to Nashville, but then the garden is dry. If we could do it all over, would we still be satisfied? This reminds um, me of uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Mm, uh, a yeah. little bit. I mean, I was uh, going to say Robert Frost, but uh, I'm oh, sort of good. an educated person. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, they're kind of about the same. Well, they at least touch on the same topic, both yeah. of those. Yeah. Like, what might have been, you know, right. if you had made different choices, where would your life be? Would you be happier? Um, especially if... Yeah if you are talking about someone you're very close to, like your sister. Um, I don't know if it's a metaphorical sister or if it's literal, like biological or adopted sister, like growing up in the family, but um, that's the word she uses, sister. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I appreciate that the song depicts this. Mm-hmm. Part of me wishes that it dug into it a little bit and didn't just yeah. sort of accept it. Mm-hmm. Um, as like a, a true dichotomy, which right. kind of seems to do. Um, may, maybe, unless it's just about two people who are kind of stuck in their own ways. Um, yeah, I but, mean, uh, it does present it as a dichotomy, but also as like a dichotomy that doesn't really matter. Like neither one of them is free. So like, right. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you're right, but yeah. it's Yeah, and, and it's like our what is the obstacle here is the obstacle um like financial or patriarchal mm-hmm. um is this a song about how like women have to choose you know uh total respectability or eschew every privilege that'll come with respectability mm-hmm. like it doesn't seem to be what the song's about explicitly it's like you could read that into it but it's not in the text of the song um or is it about uh just like literally like you you if you're on the road you have to stay on the road and you don't have time to get pregnant and have kids mm-hmm. um or like what is it actually about i feel like it's full of a lot of assumptions um and uh the i don't know like the text says um the closest thing that the text says is that the is that the problem is actually personal is that this um the the first person has to roam and like that it actually is about a sort of inner stirring and an inability to settle down um that will kind of leave them at some level kind of unfulfilled but also they have to do it because they won't know they won't be able to like handle slowing down and so maybe that's what the song's about it's not necessarily about systems mm-hmm. um and and maybe maybe that's fine maybe like you know, uh, there gets to be a song about women and it not being about systems, but it, about individual mm-hmm. women, you know? <laughs> uh, so I don't know. Maybe I'm just reading into it too much. But um, I, I guess I kind of wanted a little bit more um, in the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... I don't know. Yeah, it's it's um, one of those things that I feel a lot of works of art tend to struggle with. Um where it is tough to talk about like some of the systemic issues or problems um like either the the you know artist is not thinking of them in those terms or they're trying to focus on like specific individuals or characters or something um yeah so yeah is is it just a case of like they both made these choices that trap them or 
yeah is, is it is it about their choice or about the trap you know and yeah. I, yet I wish it delved a bit more into the trap side of it as it seems like you do so you, you sent me a link here mm-hmm. um yeah that was just a, a little bit of follow-up for the author i was thinking of who refused to answer the uh question her name is lauren groff yeah uh i understand that this question the how do you balance work and family? I understand mm-hmm. that this question is of vital importance to many people, particularly to other mothers and who are artists trying to get their work done and know that I feel for everyone in the struggle. But until I see a male writer ask this question, I'm going to respectfully decline to answer it. Mm-hmm. That's the exact quote I was trying to. And then the Gazette just run, like moves on. Yeah. Doesn't, <laughs> doesn't address it. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Someday I'm going to learn how to be interviewed and, give these kinds of answers what an incredible answer by the way like to so succinctly like affirm the importance of that question and how it might be very meaningful to lots of people or potentially mothers who are thinking about that question you know and like hopefully maybe trying to find advice or guidance from someone who has presumably made it work somehow to like affirm that but then also just like say you know, this is fucked up and this is a bad dynamic and I won't participate in it. Like, yeah. like what an incredible uh, answer to a question. Yeah. That's yeah. really hard to pull off. Anyhow. Uh, well, I, I kind of want to wrap up soon. Um, yeah. What is important for you to sing about? Oh boy. To sing I mean, about? Talk about. <laughs> what song do you want to cover as our duo <laughs> band? Think outside the box set. We're pivoting. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, 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 past the point, right? Two of a kind. There's pink toenails, which is kind of interesting. I want to talk about that one for sure. Okay, great. Um, I, I maybe want to briefly touch on standing by the bedside. Okay. Um, yeah, let's, let's do those. Yeah. Saw me, I was on my Can I take this message to the other side? Um, and uh, I can't quite understand what this song is actually about. Um, Could you explain it to me? Basically, like, uh, so she's ne- next to someone who's dying. They're on their deathbed. And this person is like, hey, do me a favor. Uh, take this message to heaven for me, to the other side. Um, <laughs> if you see my savior, tell him that you saw me. And when you saw me, I was on my way. I don't know if that means they think they're about to die too. I'm going to kill um, myself. <laughs> I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. Uh, and then they mentioned boyfriend. They said, you may meet some boyfriends who may ask about me. You tell them I am a coming home someday. Like, oh, like all boyfriends, boyfriends are murdered. Yeah, all the boyfriends are murdered. <laughs> um, yeah, it doesn't. I'm going to double murder you in heaven. <laughs> double heaven murder. What a charming story. Yeah, I don't oh, know. Wow, what, a, what a good episode title. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I, this is just like the, the longer 
I am out of the religion game, the longer or the more um, absolutely bonkers it seems to me. Just like this totally normalized, completely ludicrous stuff that people are saying to each other all the time. Like, hey, you're about to die. Why don't you do me a favor? And when you get when you're dead and you get to heaven, go talk to Since Jesus. Since you're going there anyway. Since you're going there, you're already on your way. Could you just, I mean, you're already going. Just slip this in for me. Um, and then just let him know that I'm coming there too. And I'm definitely going to heaven and I deserve to be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it almost seems like, uh, like, hey, do you think you could like get me in? Like, yeah. <laughs> you say, could you say I'm your plus one? <laughs> <laughs> put in a good word for me with god yeah um so yeah that's mostly what i was thinking about for that song is like this is completely ludicrous and uh it doesn't seem weird to lots of people which is so odd um i kind of actually want to talk about aunt maddie's quilt a little bit okay yeah just slip that one in real quick She turned ten years old If we bend down Plant the seeds and tame The wicked weeds If we let the sun and rain Assist and simplify our needs If we follow in the barefoot I, when I hear this like Like hippie folk music Like folk revival music I just mm-hmm. like, uh Blackout. Like I, can't, mm-hmm. I, I'm incapable of like <laughs> comprehending what it is. Like, like mm-hmm. listening critically. I'm just yeah. like, what? What's going on? <laughs> it just sounds like um, what's it called? A um, mighty wind. It sounds like a mighty wind. Yeah, music. yeah. Mm-hmm. A mighty wind <laughs> can't is possibly blowing you and this. me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is such a fun combination of bad songwriting and good songwriting. <laughs> 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 like oh, in the verses there's some like really good imagery and there's like a pretty cohesive narrative that is not necessarily believable or like i don't know i don't know if i really buy it but at least there's like a narrative and a through line um so in verse one aunt maddie bent a thousand times down the long black rows then battled with the angry weeds so little seeds could grow come summer maddie pulled the snow from cruel and cutting bowls she was patient pale and slender and was only eight years old round and round the spinning wheel beneath aunt maddie's boot she recalled the soil and cotton seeds in summer's hopeful shoots two winters spun out summer's threads in rich and creamy folds and she had a bolt of cotton cloth when she turned 10 years old um so that's like pretty tight and um pretty specific it it gets a little repetitive with some of the like um imagery and whatnot um but i mostly forgive it um then later on like she's like planting all the plants for the dye and um then in verse three uh it ends with the valley of the shadow cannot call her from her seams until finishing her lifetime's work she dies at 17 so she spends basically her entire life like making a quilt from cotton seeds from the plants used to make the dyes all the way to like making the quilt and then she just kicks the bucket like right out she's like ah my life's work is over Blech. um so yeah, that seems a little manipulative like yeah. is this a true story like why are you telling this yeah what i think they try to get into it in the the ver- or the chorus with 
some like pretty bad metaphors <laughs> and uh, like another like just weirdo bonkers religious approach to life if we bend and plant the seeds and tame the wicked weeds, if we let the sun and rain assist and simplify our needs, if we follow in the barefoot path of one persistent girl, we'll throw a healing quilt across an ever-ailing world. Personal responsibility. And if we're all just nice, yeah. <laughs> then things will work out and everything's fixed. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like the right takeaway from this song. It's just yeah. like... This is a tragedy. Yeah. Uh, I feel like the takeaway should be maybe try to like enjoy your time on earth and don't just like fucking put all of your lifetime into a quilt. (laughs) Yeah. You know, (laughs) this is my legacy. Uh, a, um, a, a, a thing that, uh, will depreciate in value. Like it will, will unravel inevitably. Mm hmm. Here's something that people don't even buy at Goodwill. Now I'm dead. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. I mean, quilts, there's great. I love folk art, all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, they're amazing. They're so cool. Yeah, it's amazing. But (laughs) it's not worth a person's life. (laughs) She's not healing anybody with this. It sounds like she spent most of her time completely alone, like making the quilt. So. This, is, this person didn't even get to get their back blown out. No. <laughs> like, this is a tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's do pink toenails quick, and then we'll okay. vamoose. Or blow someone else's back out. <laughs> Come nightfall. You'll be waltzing through my door when you hear me call. I love the way you say I'm your baby doll And you'll find me sitting there in my pink toenail I've got my Walkman and my Cosmo and my ticket to That was not the CD skipping. That was uh, my web browser skipping while trying to play YouTube. So my apologies about that. I think music that is jazzy is the worst music in the world. Okay, what do you think of I'm Nora? Not saying that jazz. <laughs> what do you think of Nora Jones? Is she jazzy to you? I haven't really listened to Nora. Okay, I haven't listened to Nora Jones. I think we've talked about this on the on the show yeah, before. Yeah, and how much I have a soft um, spot for her. Um, Aw, so did you like this song? Um, I kind of did. I didn't, I wasn't like crazy about it musically. I think it has some pretty interesting lyrics. The lyrics are very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, it really is like teetering on the line of like way over stereotypical like um, reduction of women to like these weird tropes, but also like affirming of very femme things in a culture that does not value femme things, and like the just the yeah. image of the pink toenails. Like I know I talk about this like pretty much twice every episode, but just like. It reminds me of Legally Blonde and how quietly radical that movie is because it is the the main character is a strong and smart person while still being super femme and like wearing pink and having like a you know chihuahua in her pink handbag you know um, which is you pretty much never see that kind of approach to things um, yeah she's got my I got my pink foam curlers and my ponytail like it is really like putting the imagery out there of like, yeah, this is a very femme presenting person. 
Yeah, I can't quite the I can't quite get a get a beat on like sometimes they're saying like I'm this is the only way that I'm femme and this is the thing that I that I prioritize and sometimes mm-hmm. they're saying I am femme in every other way but I can't seem to get around to doing this. Right. So I think there's some inconsistency in the lyrics and I can't really account for that. It seems like it wasn't edited very well sometimes. Yeah. Um, like oh wrestle with me you can mess up my hair. You can treat me like a tomboy. Tomboy, I love it. I swear. Mm-hmm. Well, that comes and after then, some really um, stuff that I don't know quite how to read. Um, you think your man don't care about perfume and powder, polish and lipstick and lotion, lotion. But when you slip your slippers off and you rub him on the chin and he looks down your leg, you're sure to see a grin at your pink toenails. He says, "Honey, come on over here and give me something sweet." Well, let me put my finishing touches on, put them on, because I don't want to cuddle, snuggle, rubbing on my feet till I have painted every little toenail pink. End quote. By the way, it says snuggle because I just corrected it. It did say snuzzle in the lyrics. I remember actually seeing that just a second ago. Snuzzle. Yeah. This song might be improved if it just said snuzzle. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty, pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. Um... Yeah, I don't know what to make all of that. That's quite a claim. Yeah. These men can't help them help themselves. Yeah, because, like, <laughs> I'm not quite sure what he's trying to say when he says, I don't want to cuddle, snuggle, rubbing on my feet till I have painted every little toenail pink. What? How is he painting toenail? Like, it, I don't know. Well, for one thing. It makes me wonder if the genius is correct in the place where it puts the end quote. Like, maybe that's in right. her voice. I don't want to cuddle, snuggle, right. rubbing on my feet. Um, yeah, maybe he maybe he stops talking at, honey, come on over here and give me something sweet. Because then it would make sense for her to say, well, let me put my funny, finishing touches on, put them on. Um, also, I think be that, that like, right? I don't want to be close to people when they're like mid process or just finished like painting their nails because it smells like poison. Stinky. <laughs> it's, like, yeah. <laughs> it's really unpleasant. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, and then, they are poison. That's the time when it looks, that's the time when it looks the best. Right. And then they, it immediately chips by the time it smells good. Ah, um, delicious so. chips. I don't know. <laughs> the dipsy chips. The dipsy chips. Um, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's sort of like a Sisyphusian. Did I say that right? Sisyphusian yeah. mm-hmm. task. Um, the the whole nail nail painting game. I mean, yes. We must imagine nail painters happy. <laughs> As Camille put it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, anything else to say about this song, this album, or anything at all <laughs> no i'm uh i'm uh, i feel like things are going to continue to sort of deteriorate like mm-hmm. like the next album i don't know what to expect there as more personal changes i'm looking forward to wide open spaces mm, yeah me too i'm really curious like how they transform and uh like what they turn into and like how that looks and matt natalie mains whole deal yeah yeah, I don't know if we've covered a group that has just straight up switched out the sort of lead uh, uh, front person. Right. 
We might have to get into Van Halen. Although Smash Mouth did, apparently. They swapped out uh, Steve Harwell. More recently. Yeah. Didn't we talk about that in the show? Yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah. I think, well, or maybe didn't, did they fire him? Oh my god, what if we him? have to cover another album? Oh, I can't wait. I'm very curious to see how bad they get, like how bad they continue to get. If they get worse from here on out? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll be back next week with... Fuck, where was it? I have too many, I have too many tabs. Shouldn't have told you that. Uh, shouldn't have told you shouldn't have told you that yeah shouldn't have told you that um (laughs) which is from 1993 and is their last of the trio of like um kind of like alanis's uh canadian trio of (laughs) pre-fame very different albums uh we got a similar thing going on with the dipsy gypsies um until that time you can visit us online at boxset.website tweet us at tweet uh tobias podcast tweet us a tweet Tweet us at Tweety Town on the tweets.tweet tweets right tweet, uh, tweet. Um Email us at email at boxset.website. You can support us in a couple ways, including things like uh, writing a review on iTunes or podcasts or whatever the hell Apple's calling it these days, um, sharing the show, spreading the word, getting people to listen to it. Um, if you want to support it even more directly, you can go to our Patreon at support.boxset.website. Kick us a few bucks, you'll get access to all of our bonus materials, which includes a weekly mini-show called What's in the Box Weekly. This week, we Cameron talked about the Song of Achilles, which they've been teasing for over a month now, I believe. Probably almost two months. Yeah. yeah. You've been teasing it. You're Come little, get these tapes. Um, and I talked about a movie called Mary and the Witch's Flower, which I think I had some interesting takes on. So go check that out. Support.boxit.website. You should also check out uh, the Discord. There's a, there'll be a link in the show notes. It's pretty low traffic, pretty low stress, but there's fun stuff that comes up on there. People are sharing things that they like or make them laugh. Um, it's a good time. Um, and also recently we just all did a... Uh, did a dog pile on letterbox and all followed each other which is awesome <laughs> yeah i mean do it um the other thing you should do speaking of dog piling i want you to dog pile cameron dewitt's other podcast called get up in the cool that's that's the main way to uh patronize <laughs> podcasts is the, do- the form of the dog pile. the dog pile yeah we're replacing the, the word the dog like, you know like and subscribe with just dog pile <laughs> so go dog pile it it's a great show about and is musics traditional musics check it out all right well until next week i've been nathan hunt and i don't want to cuddle snuzzle rubbing on my feet (laughs) i've been cameron dewitt and i'm a dad blogger (laughs) (laughs) 